This is an explicit podcast. I'm starting to notice in my analytics that some of my listeners are under 18. Now, if you're a child, if you're not of adult age, if you're not old enough to buy cigarettes, please, please do not listen to this podcast unless you have permission from your parents. You get some parental guidance. They tell you that, hey, this guy's this guy's not right in the head. You shouldn't listen to him. I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, please, please, if you are underage, consider, not consider, please turn away from this podcast. You are legally not ready, I think. Um, you should just go out there and enjoy being a child. Don't rush into this adulthood shit. It's full of pain, misery, confusion, and horniness. It's like a terrible combination. Why am I so sad all the time? And why am I so horny all the time? And why are there so many substances I can take to make my situation better? Everyone tells me these things are bad for me, but they're helping. They're making it easy for me to cope. So give me that bottle of Jack Daniels. What's that white powder? Is I hope it's not salt. <laughs> am I making a good case for children to stay away from my content? I don't think I am at the moment. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I, I really mean it. Um, if there's anything I realize on TikTok, it's that I'm getting all sorts of age age ranges, I'm guessing. But I also notice children. And if they end up on this podcast uh, without parental supervision, I would honestly feel terrible. So kids, please, please be careful with this podcast. All right? It's not for you. Go, go play hopscotch or something. I don't know. All right, let's start this shit. Cue the song, Harith. Hello, you beautiful fucks, and welcome, and welcome. It's the Comedy Podcast. This is number 128 of the Comedy Podcast coming to you on Thursday, April Fool's 2021. If you're coming here expecting my best comedy, hey, I got a... I got... A message for you. Today's episode is going to be a little bit more serious as well. Yesterday... I stopped um, at talking about my relationship with my papa. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I certainly did when I re-listened to it. I felt like I was being real. I was being raw. Like everything in life, things are better. <laughs> things are better when you don't um, use protection. <laughs> Except sex. I mean, it feels better, but it's not necessarily better because down the line, if you simply, if you're just fucking everyone raw, you're going to have either children or awkward doctor appoint, doctor's appointments. You don't want that. So wrap it up, guys. Wrap it up. Unless unless you got a, unless you got a long-term person, you're both cleaned and fuck and enjoy all the raw fucking you can because it is fucking amazing. Uh, but use condoms. Okay. Uh, moving on from that confusing, uh, <laughs> confusing little message there. So today I'm going to continue about uh, my relationship with my mama and then I'm going to address a TikTok listener, a TikTok live a follower request which was uh, to talk about interfaith relationships and interracial relationships in Malaysia. So you foreign fucks, just listen to this halfway and then you can go about your fuck all day. Um, yesterday I stopped at talking about, you know, growing up with my papa, I would hate him at first. Like really hate him, do all sorts of dysfunctional shit, like date a Christian girl <laughs> as a Muslim for context, all right? 
uh, I would not spend much time at home, that kind of thing. But then I entered the working world and I realized ex- actually how amazing my papa is at what he does and how much he actually sacrifices for my family. And just letting him earn a ton of my respect, being being his friend, essentially. The more I get to know him, the more I like him. Now, with my mother, growing up with my mother was a totally different thing. And I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be honest. I know that I run the risk of her listening to this at some point, but it's okay. If she gets offended or she wants to talk about it, I will talk about it. So don't worry about me, guys. Growing up, I used to worship the ground my mother walked on. And then, well, a lot of it also has to do with the fact that I think I was a needy child, number one. I always wanted love and attention. I was just like, mommy, mommy, I want a hug or something like that. I remember being a child and oh, constantly wanting to like snuggle her while I sleep. I have those memories. I would like hug her arm as a boaster. And then she would let me at the time, but I can imagine me. Um, I, no, I can't empathize because I would love it if my child did that. But maybe a normal person will be like, fucking hell, this child is so needy. <laughs> But yeah, I was that kind of kid. And also, I grew up with the religion of Islam, which taught me to revere my mother, which is very interesting because I know in other Eastern like um, schools of thought, ways of thinking, you revere the father especially, right? But in Islam, it's like this. First, there's God, and then there's the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and then your mother three times. Your mother, your mother, your mother, and then your father. That's the official ranking of who they teach you to love. So I totally bought that message and I was honestly just crazy about my mother. Crazy about her in the sense that I felt so much for her when I looked at her. Uh, I would feel happier. Just looking at her made me feel happy. Just being near her made me feel happy most of the time. But it wasn't all the time and I want to talk about it. So growing up, uh, she encouraged me to believe in God the zodiac horoscopes yeah weird combination i know but she also like would read chinese horoscopes to me (laughs) yeah um which you know to believe in all these things i did those things growing up i had i held those beliefs because i wanted to be a good son to her and accompany her uh when she would do all these things like visit fortune tellers who would tell her her fortune and shit, tell her her wealth and shit and sell her expensive bracelets to protect her wealth or uh, (laughs) to protect her kidneys. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, man. These fortune tellers not only tell you your fortune, but they've got a lot of jewelry to sell. A bit bit sus, if I'm not going to lie. Am I using that word right? A bit sus? (laughs) Is it sus or sus? Is that, can any of you let me know? Go to my Instagram and DM me. How do you pronounce it? Send me a voice note. So that... All that experience kind of turned me into like a religious kid. Religious kid who believed in God, but also believed that I was a pig according to the Chinese zodiac. It's weird, I know, but I was that kid and I was a mostly happy kid. And then like, you know, I, I when I think about it, I went on to date someone who I realized was, was very similar to my mother. My girlfriend at the time, uh, when I got a bit older, uh, not necessarily an adult yet, um, but I did continue to date her in my adulthood. But my girlfriend at the time also believed in some esoteric things. She was very Christian. (laughs) Anyways, my mother, looking back, um, 
when I just look at the circumstances of my childhood, uh, I think she wasn't the best mother, to be honest. And most mothers aren't. To, to be fair to her, it's very hard to be the perfect mother. And I think we hold mothers to higher standards, which is obviously unfair. But, but yeah, like a, like a normal human being, she wasn't the best mother. Some of the things that I lament and still have a bit of PTSD about is uh, she would leave me and my brothers in a restaurant for two hours so she could get a massage. And that has trickled down to my dating life. Anytime a woman is late to anything I need to do, I just like lose my shit. And uh, I think it has a lot to do with my mother. But yeah, being left alone in a restaurant for two hours while somebody gets a massage, two hours for a young kid feels like death because even 10 minutes feels like one hour. So two fucking hours? I didn't have a phone back then. I didn't have an iPad. I didn't have PewDiePie or Minecraft to entertain me as a kid. (laughs) I just had two younger brothers and then we would get bored of playing catch after about 30 minutes. So we would just sit there and kind of wish we could die. She would constantly talk shit about my dad, which I just ate up and believed. I was like, yeah, he's an asshole, isn't he? Which is a huge reason why I hated my dad growing up and why I had all that like rebellious behavior. I remember being hit a lot as a child by my mother. When I couldn't, you know, she would study with me. Just being an Asian parent, every time I get a math question wrong, I I remember her yelling at the top of her lungs. Time to time, she would get a coat hanger and beat the shit out, not beat the shit out of me, just like some, just like one or two whacks at my hand. But you need to remember, I loved my mother so much, so the and I was kind of affectionate. So the fact that she would do that to me kind of broke my heart. Uh, Not gonna lie, I remember being heartbroken quite a lot. Uh, as a child, because I couldn't do math, being yelled at generally, yelled for terrible reasons, to be honest. Why are you getting mad at a kid for not knowing how to do long division? All right? I mean, that makes no sense. I have, as a kid, I had boners that I didn't know how to explain. How are you expecting me to do math? <laughs> no, terrible, <laughs> terrible comparison there. I mean, I was a kid. I was learning. It's much better to teach a kid through love and compassion and encouragement rather than just terror, literally terrorizing them, right? Yeah, I'm getting sad just, just thinking about it. And then as I got older, I, w- I would learn that I idolized her a lot. As a child, as I got older, I learned to see her as a real human being with flaws, I think, like I said, it had a lot to do with my Islamic upbringing, which taught me to love my mother unconditionally. I will kind of see also, you know, as I got older, how she made things difficult for my papa. Uh, (laughs) Funnily enough, that coincided with me kind of learning how women made my personal life more difficult. (laughs) And then I started relating to my papa a lot. So... Uh, this, this is not a dig on women, by the way. This is a dig on general shitty human behavior. Not, nothing gender specific. But I remember when I was dating this girl, then she would get mad at me for not replying a text within two minutes. And then I'd be, and then she would just lose her shit, be passive aggressive, accuse me of like not prioritizing her and all that over whatever stupid shit I was doing anyway. So maybe she had a legitimate reason to get mad at me. I don't know. But the point is, I was just so. The whole situation was such a headache that I, I'm like, no, Papa, no wonder you never spend any time at home. Uh, 
those kind of thoughts crept into my head. So I would see like, oh, maybe maybe she's the one making it difficult for my father. Maybe she is a large reason why they're not happy. Constantly passive-aggressive at my dad. Constantly mad at my dad. To her credit, I think those things are things that the man has to handle and address in the relationship. In my opinion, men should be responsible for the call me sexist, I don't care, but I really think it's the man's job to be responsible for the management of tensions in a relationship. Okay? When your woman is mad, passive aggressive, you need to know how to diffuse that situation with love and point out unreasonable behavior with love when the situation calls for it. Because sometimes you just need to ignore it as well. Yeah. Um of course. Of course, it's unfair to ask that from all of men. I acknowledge that it's unfair to say that men need to know how to calm their women down. It's totally unfair. But it's something that I'm convinced about in relationships, you know. The, uh, relationships work best when the men can accept their women who is going to get unreasonably mad from time to time and knowing exactly as a man how to deal with that situation. That's when relationships work best. But of course, it's unfair to tell all men that they need to swallow unreasonable behavior. I acknowledge those two things. There's no cognitive dissonance here. This is the best way, but it's an unfair way. Anyway, yeah, for legal reasons, I can't really talk about the circumstances that led up to the divorce because that can be used as evidence against either party. Can you imagine the court and the judge having to listen to my episodes? <laughs> In the previous episode, maybe they play that for evidence here. Hearing about how my papa caused me to date and fuck masculine trans women. <laughs> Throwback. But yeah, the said circumstances, you know, um, just before the divorce, I can say in general, just call, just led me to lose respect for my mother. An example is that well, she left the family home. That's a fact. That's not evidence. She left the family home and started splurging on a premium house, a premium car, fucking Porsche, if you are wondering. Blowing away so much money that we, can, we now cannot afford to send my youngest brother to study law overseas. He's going to have to study locally, which is not a bad thing, but it's kind of unfair, uh, in my opinion, because I got to go overseas, right? I know some of you more unreasonable fucks, classes fucks are going to be like, oh no, he's going to study like a peasant? <laughs> Harith a few years ago would have thought like that. Uh, he would have thought that all local graduates were, were full of shit. And obviously that's the wrong way to think. Um, all graduates are full of shit. Uh, kids don't know shit, full stop. So... Yeah, so it's things like that that my mother did that would infuriate me a little bit. Here's this woman who I used to revere and look up to. And why why are you doing all these things that would make me feel all these things about you? Like in the opposite way of how I grew up looking at you. But I kind of glad I went through it. Maybe you still revere your mother. And maybe you can get this lesson by listening to my life, you know, vicariously sort of experience it. Because it gave me insight into how people can behave sometimes. Not just women, you know, people in general. My dad is not blameless, obviously. But on the balance, uh, I'm, I'm, now I'm crazy about my dad. 
And I think it has saved me many times when I'm in dating situations. Like I was dating a girl who was really into the Zodiac horoscope, like way too into it. I remember matching with a lot of girls who would ask me what my horoscope is. And then when I find out exactly how much they they like the horoscope, they believe in it. I'm just like red fucking flag right there. Yeah. Not only because it reminds me of my mother, right? Now I like to date women who just don't remind me of my mother. I'm like, it's like the opposite of an Oedipus, Oedipus complex. Oedipus complex. So just want to explain that real quick to anyone who might not be aware. It's so interesting. Oedipus complex is a psychological, I don't know, can you call it a principle, philosophy, way of thought? I'm not sure. That says that we all want to fuck our mothers as boys. And as daughters, we all want to fuck our fathers, apparently. Uh, <laughs> it's probably not true. But yeah, uh, whatever the opposite of an Oedipus complex is, that's what I have. I do not want to date anyone that remotely resembles my mother. Anyway, so yeah, um, observing her, how, observing the change of how I viewed her as I got older, uh, what was it? Oh, brain fart. I, I actually just farted and when I did like from my anus and when I did that, uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the the girl I was dating, I remember now, I matched with her on Tinder. We went out on a few dates and I found out that she liked the Zodiac and it was a red flag to me because, you know, not only does it remind me of my mother, but because it tends to come in a package with some other shit, Okay. If, in my opinion, if you really believe in the Zodiac, then it, with that package comes that you are not able to think completely rationally. Uh, if you 100% believe in the Zodiac and you live by those newspaper articles telling you to wear a certain color because the stars told you, then I can't trust that you'll be able to use reliable reasoning when it comes to any other complex situation. If, uh, if you can convince yourself to believe something like the Zodiac, okay. I mean, I can, I can understand being a casual sort of person who kind of enjoys reading about it. Because even I have to admit, some of these Zodiac things are scarily true to some extent. But the fact, but so, so that's one level, you know, just casually appreciating it. But if you're crazy about the Zodiac, okay. If you can convince yourself to believe in something that is not demonstrably true, then you can use mental gymnastics to turn any situation in one where like you did no wrong, any situation where you do no wrong, you can use mental gymnastics to like blame every, it as everyone else's fault. Okay? Is anyone listening, following my reasoning here? If you believe in crazy shit, then you can tell yourself crazy shit where you are never wrong. If, like kind of, honestly, kind of like how my mother was. Everything was my dad's fault. If you believe in weird things, then I know that you're the kind of person who thinks that the world should change and not you. And that's where commu feminists come from. Okay, They believe everyone else should change, not them. And that kind of thing has been proven true in my personal experience where if people believe in crazy things, then they're going to be kind of crazy to date. It's a bitter pill to swallow about my mother for sure. But uh, again, I'm glad I went through it because it has saved me from future pain. And now I'm in a very happy relationship because I filtered through all the crazies, 
All right, guys, thanks for listening to my monologue. I apologize if there was not enough comedy in there, but you know what? Fuck it. Let's let's uh, let let's let Harith be real sometimes. Just share about his life, about his thoughts. I hope you find it interesting. In the next segment, I'm going to talk about interracial and interfaith relationships in Malaysia. So in um, uh, hold on. <coughs> So listener wants me to address this incredibly complex topic. And I wonder if I'm going to do it justice. I'm going to do my best while trying to chuck some comedy in there. Let's see. So my entire life, I've dated people outside of my race, except for one time uh, when I was lucky enough to date a Malay girl. Uh, A Malay girl who liked me back. I was like, yay! But um, other than that one girlfriend I had, girls from my own race just tended to stay away from me, probably because of my lifestyle, probably for religious reasons, whatever it is. Anyways, uh, what I'm trying to make it, the point I'm trying to make is I've dated a lot of women uh, who are not Malay and I'm no stranger to interracial and interfaith relationships. So I feel like I can talk about this. And here's my overarching thoughts. Here are my overarching thoughts. Wow, great. Fucking neighbor car alarm. Anyway, the government of Malaysia has fucked true love. I mean that. And it's doing so for legitimate reasons. Why do I say that? Let me explain. Firstly, I want to explain the situation. In this country, if a non-Muslims, if a non- In this country, if a non-Muslim wants to marry a Muslim, the non-Muslim must convert by law and their children will automatically become Muslim. What that means for believers of other faiths is that, like Christianity or Hinduism, is that if they want to marry a Muslim, they must choose between their faith and their love. And I think it's a near tragic, near tragic situation to be in. I say near tragic because gay people are being murdered for simply existing. I think that situation is proper tragic. That is a tragedy that we humans are doing that. Not being able to be with the person you love, I think is not as tragic. (laughs) At least you get to live, you know, as terrible as it is, of course. I think there are just bigger problems in the world. I said that the government is uh, fucking with true love for legitimate reasons because um, it's simple. They have an agenda. Just like any political way of thinking, I'm hardly one to say that something is absolutely right or wrong. I'm not arrogant. I'm only one to say that I have preferences when it comes to politics and and like social issues. I just have preferences. For example, I have a preference for individual freedom and will express that in my politics. Will I say that individual freedom is absolutely right? Hell no. There are situations in which individual freedom leads to problems like the freedom to take any substances a person wants can lead to the lives of children being destroyed. Can you imagine a seven-year-old? You know, he's free. He wants Papa, can I try some heroin? Well, son, I can't stop you. Here you go. Shoot up. Here's the syringe. Thank you, Papa. Oh, my God. This is so good. Life ruined. (laughs) So, yeah, it's stuff like that. Like, or I don't know, freedom of choice, personal freedom, 100% personal freedom. If we decriminalize pedophilia acts, (coughs) excuse me, acts of pedophilia, that can really fuck with some children, literally. Oh, boy. Uh, returning to the point, all people have their political preferences and are allowed to propagate their preferences in a democracy. 
in this democracy, the agenda is to protect a certain religion and to follow the religious rules. Look, even when a more liberal government was voted in, put in power a few years ago, they didn't stray too far from this religious agenda either. The more liberal government didn't change shit, to be honest. Not much change. So we need to accept that this is simply the fabric of our nation, the way that we discriminate against interracial couples, interfaith couples, which for sure is tragic, but at least the democratic process is achieving the result it is supposed to achieve. And I've made it no secret that I am a fan of democracy. I'm not a fan of despotic kings and their spoiled children who inherit a country they have no idea. They're too sheltered and inexperienced to run. I'm not a fan of communist dictators that just have these crazy policies that put people into farms, but then everyone ends up starving anyway for some reason. And then the wars and shit. No, I'm not a fan of communism. I'm not a fan of um, what's royalists and royalism. I'm not a fan of that. So I like democracy. So even if it achieves a less than optimal result, I just think it's better than millions dying in a famine. You know what I'm saying? So as flawed as the system is, it's one of our better options we have at the moment. Sorry for going so into detail about our government processes. I just felt like I needed to do so in order to properly set the foundation for talking about interracial and interfaith relationships. So I already talked about how tragic it is that people are not allowed to express their love through marriage freely in this country. Tragic. But let's look at it from the other side. I think true love is exceedingly rare. Very few people will go above and beyond for the person they love. How many, answer, answer me truthfully, how many people can you truly say have true love? Count with your hands right now how many happily married couples you know. Think about your own parents. If I'm a betting man, I would say most of you know that your parents are not in a happy relationship. Think about your uncles and aunties, your friends' parents. How many of them can you say are still truly in love? and have a totally functional relationship. I think you probably cannot count more than five. Me personally, I can't count even more than one. We're just a miserable species, ill-equipped to love each other. Go look at Twitter and see how many people fight. Just go on Twitter and see how many people fight. Twitter, in my opinion, properly exemplifies the true nature of the human race. You think these people can function together and form a happy relationship? Those people on Twitter? That's what people are like. That's real people. You think they can be happy in a relationship? Hell no. People don't know how to argue. People don't know how to have conversations. Okay? So true love is exceedingly rare. You could even argue that if two people were truly in love, these laws would not stop them because they could always go above and beyond and elope to another country. But back to the point. This is a very small problem, to be honest. Should society stop everything to fix this problem of interfaith and interracial relationships? Just for a few numbers of people, I looked into the statistics and um, the Star reported, which is one of our newspapers, the Star reported that since, uh, as of 2019, 9% of marriages are interracial in Malaysia. 9%. Uh, which seems like a big number, almost 1 in 10. But then consider how many of those are Muslim-related. Uh, one of the parties are Muslim. And consider at the same time how many of them will end in divorce. And then, yeah, just consider how many of them who don't divorce are unhappy. My personal belief is that people should be free to choose the people they want to be miserable with. 
Yeah, marry whoever the fuck you want. But my stronger belief is that freedom, this kind of freedom must come through a consensus from a democratic process. So yes, tragic for the people who really share a genuine love, but too bad. That's just life. Many things are tragic. And to be honest, there are bigger, prop- there are bigger problems in the world than this. Like to- I think corruption is a bigger problem than, than um, fucking interracial, <laughs> interfaith marriages. Like... Yeah, man. Uh, I think drugs and criminal activity, th- those those are bigger issues that we, we need to ta- tackle. So what to do if you want to be or are in an interracial interfaith relationship? First, recognize that your relationship is unlikely to last. The laws aside, okay? Maybe the laws aren't the biggest thing you need to worry about. Just recognize first that most relationships, boyfriend-girlfriend relationships end. And then if you do get married, recognize that there's a good chance it'll end is and it'll end in divorce. And it's almost guaranteed that you're gonna despise each other after a while, even if you don't end up divorcing. Again, think about how many truly happy married couples you can count. So once you acknowledge that, think about the love you share. You need to be mature and objective enough to decipher whether or not it's true love, and more importantly, in my opinion, whether it's functional love. I say, only take the step to convert, even if it's just on paper, if you recognize something truly remarkable about your pairing. Not just remarkable about this person, remarkable about you two together. You two need to work together. You need to be good together. Otherwise, you're going to go through a world of hurt, even if you don't think uh, that... uh, Yeah, otherwise, you're going to get through a world of hurt. And for what? For what? For a failed relationship... And then you have to go through the process of trying to convert out and then your kids are automatically Muslim. Is that fair? Then it affects your burial rights. You need to be buried according to the Muslim rights. And then you, you, you're no longer in control of how many how your assets are divided after you die because that's mandated by Islamic law. doesn't affect you. You want to go through all that for this love you're not sure about? <laughs> all right, all right. Even if you don't think that it's your pairing is that remarkable. Maybe make that mistake anyway, the mistake I just talked about. Maybe just make that mistake anyway. Fuck it. A tragic life is poetic and you can die saying that your life was like a poem. I don't know, <laughs> as the Malaysians say, poem. Are there any advantages to interracial dating? I think there probably is, to be honest. First of all, I think the chances of having a beautiful baby is higher. But also the chances of having a fuck ugly baby is also higher. (laughs) I don't know why, right? Something about interracial babies in my anecdotal experience, this is not backed by hard data, this is just my opinion. These interracial babies, there's a higher chance of them either being a hit or a miss, you know, like gorgeous or looking like a total abomination. Like what the fuck is that? (laughs) Just like redheads. (laughs) You heard about that uh, redhead stereotype, you know, red. uh, it goes like this, redhead people, um, they're either really hot or not at all. At least I heard that about redheaded women specifically. I wonder about the redheaded men. Can you think of an exceptionally good-looking redhead man? I can't think of one at the moment. So let me uh, let me Google. Uh, hold on. Hot redhead male. Okay. 
all right, I'm at Google Images and yeah, okay, some of them are pretty hot and they exist. Okay, fine, fair enough. A hot red-headed men exist. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't fuck them though. I would not fuck them. It's not that I'm racist against redheads. It's just that if we made a baby, uh, a brown child with red hair is guaranteed to get bullied in Malaysia. <laughs> of course I'm joking. I can't make a baby with a red-headed man. You guys make no sense with your outrage. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. The real, the real reason I won't fuck a red-headed man is that I'm a straight man. There we go, okay? I would happily fuck a red-headed woman. Dodged another controversy there. Man, wouldn't that make a bizarre headline? Malay comedian expresses hate towards red-headed men. Redhead association outrage. <laughs> I don't know why, but if something like that so specific and so niche were to happen, I would kind of smile and marvel at how it's happening. Isn't life that crazy? Sometimes I think it is. You heard about the twerking cop cars, right? Yeah, the headline was two women twerk on cop car, uh, two cops injured. <laughs> I think that at least once in my life, I'm going to be the subject of a similarly ridiculous article. I don't know. Let's see. You know what's another advantage of an interracial relationship? The looks the looks that we get in public, the confusion, the rage, the anger, especially from Chinese aunties. It's amazing. They are um, they are the curious ones. Whenever my girlfriend and I are, for example, I don't know, just walking around in a mall, uh, you know, she's very touchy, right? And so am I. So we're constantly holding air hands and, you know, swinging that shit. She's constantly snuggling up on my shoulder or my chest, yeah, it's hard for us to walk to, uh, a bit fast together. We, we walk very slow. But yeah, we got to stop every three minutes and declare our eternal love to each other out loud. <laughs> then we break into a song and find a tree to have a th threesome with. <laughs> Back to the point. Yeah, the aunties. The aunties very often look at us with a sort of shocked and amazed expression because I look the way I do and she looks the way she does. She looks freaking Chinese and I look freaking Malay. And when they walk past us, you know, these aunties, we often notice them like doing a look back like, like, like that. Oh, and I was doing that on video. Just doing a look back with like the expression like, like that can man. <laughs> All right, guys, that is all the time I have for today's episode. I'm so sorry. Uh, one of my listeners wanted me to talk about the serial model rapist in Malaysia. I, I didn't have time to address it in today's episode. I will do so in tomorrow's episode. Thank you guys for hanging out. Have a wonderful day ahead. You're beautiful. Say it with me. Fuck. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.